This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, we indulge in one of our favorite pastimes, watching TV and tearing it to shreds. Full of mixed feelings about the hit Hulu series Shrill, we ask, does black body image matter on a show about body image? Is this show low-key, high-key about white men or the 53%? I'm like joking, but super serious. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. right hey hi 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 how you doing i'm i'm pretty tired but i'm doing well <laughs> okay doing well. yeah all right how are you there you look very cute you got new fresh hair thank you You look adorable. no we both got new fresh hair we do we do mm. both have new fresh hair you're yeah. right i actually have a, a hair headache but it's cool it happens <laughs> welcome to tea with queen and jay we, we are, are two women's race nerds talking shit over tea dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time i'm queen i'm jay and, and this, this is tea with, with queen and jay all right if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use that on all the social meets. We will retweet that shit, like that shit, love that shit. And then that's another way for you to meet other T with Queen and J listeners. Also use the hashtag pod and that is a now listening hashtag. And that's how other people will know you are listening to T with Queen and J. Yes. Okay. So, Jay. Yo. Do you want to tell us what libations are? Yes. Libations are when we pour one out for the people, places, and things, giving us black ass black joy. And, uh, yeah, when we pour it out for the homies. Okay. Give okay. it up. Pour it out. Pour it up. Pour it up. Pour it up. Bless it up. Fall out. Oh. Rihanna. Yeah. That. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, what are your libations this week? My libations are short and sweet, but my libations are for false eyelashes oh like, yes they're just amazing they're great i took the ones i had on off and i feel i feel nude now i'm naked you still have a full face of makeup so on. i, right. I feel like well, i need those back all right I need okay. them cool. yeah but yes libations to false lashes and, yeah and whoever made those possible for they're brilliant for us. they're yes. a good idea they're a good idea mm-hmm. okay i like that what are your libations jay my libations are for everybody who shouted us out for our for making 200 episodes like for crossing that bridge. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah, thank you so much, yo. It still rocking feels good. You, rocking, rocking you, rocking you. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be celebrating that shit probably for the rest of the month. So Word. Yeah, so libations to you all. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Do you wanna tell the folks how they can donate and why they can donate to Tea with Queen yes. and J podcast? So we accept donations to help sustain this podcast, progress this podcast, and keep the lights on for this here podcast you can donate to tea with queen and jay by going to our website tea with queen and jay.com slide down on our homepage, and there is where you will find two options two our first option is our paypal option and that's when you can come however many times you want put however much money you want in a collection plate no commitment there and then our second option is our patreon option um there's where we're asking for only two dollars a month two dollars so there's a little bit of more commitment there but two dollars a month you can give more or less that is up to you we give you that choice but those are the two ways that you can donate to tea with queen and jay monetarily other ways that you could donate to tea with queen and jay is 
by subscribing to this podcast, rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, CastBox, however you listen to this podcast, whatever option that gives you to show us love, do that. Um, sharing us with a friend, using our hashtag is actually a donation. Um, just lots of ways for you to donate. Donate time. I don't Anything. I don't know. Whatever. That's right. We will take it. And if you would like to sponsor Tea with Queen and J podcast, you can send us T-mail at Tea with Queen and J at gmail.com. We are always sluts. accepting sponsors. This week's donation libations go to Angela, our OG listener. Thank you so much, Angela. We appreciate you. We go back like car seats. I just wanted to say like something okay. old because right. it was like way back. Also, Jennifer, thank you so much. Dope Queen Cosmetics. Ew sent us a don- donation and also sent us That's some so- matte um lipsticks yes. thank you so much they're liquid really lipsticks great. they're yeah. they're gorgeous they're pretty colors we appreciate you and that's from portia portia says thank you for your labor may the work you do never go unnoticed thank you so much also fiorella and deborah deborah says happy 200th episode which you recorded on my 40th birthday happy Ew. birthday hope to see you in london someday if not hopefully i make it to a live show stateside deborah thank you so much deborah you never know deborah we might get flued out so we often to get flued out so yo i'm super excited about it that's right if you donated this week and we didn't mention you we will mention you in the next episode so thank you all so much we appreciate you yo we have an event coming up. We have an event. That's I wish right. I could remember that song I made up. I'm glad that you don't. Hashtag <sighs> pod in live NYC. Our third annual black podcast meetup is happening on May 11th at Vaughn in NYC at 4 p.m. Yep. We will have an official RSVP link up in the coming week or so. So please be on the lookout for that. In the mm-hmm. meantime, save the date. This is a free event with RSVP and it is the largest black it is the largest black podcast meetup in the all universe. of the land. The so universe. come through. If you are a podcast listener, if you love our podcast and you want to come through and hang out and say what's up, if you are a podcaster and you want to come through and say what's up and meet other podcasters, if you are an aspiring podcaster, if you are just a black person who wants to come and hang out with us, if you are a white person who wants to come out and hang out with us or any kind of person. Donate. I was just about to say, <laughs> who wants to come and bring us money? Um, but it's for anybody please come through hang out say what's up have a drink have some water whatever it's a chill good time we always have a good time so that's pod and live nyc may 11th 4 p.m once again the rsvp link for that will be out soon and you can check out all our social media to keep up to date with that shit yo yes yes all right we have a special episode going on today yeah so for all of you who know and who don't know we love television we love media we love watching shit we love netflix we love hulu we love streaming shit we love all that good shit so this week we are reviewing the hulu series shrill yes and we wanted to talk about that shit yo it's Mm -hmm. a six episode series Shrill is adapted from the book Shrill Notes of a Loud Woman by Lindy West. The TV show or the Hulu series stars A.D. Bryant, formerly of Saturday Night Live. She stars as Annie in the series. Annie is an aspiring writer. She lives and is from Portland. Um, She lives with her queer black British friend from college, Fran, and their dog and is seeing a mediocre white man named Ryan. The recurring (laughs) theme of the show is Annie's size. Um, 
um, and being comfortable with being larger than average or fat, as it's talked about on the show. She works at an online newspaper. She's worked there for two years and is just now getting to write and find her voice at work and has been working for a shitty white man boss who happens to be a gay liberal white man. And uh, so it's interesting dynamics quote-unquote liberal in air quotes okay yeah because it was like mm. yeah 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 no that was some that was some air quote shit so we have a special guest because yes. as two women who do not identify as big girls we wanted to make sure that we were representing different size bodies on the show yep. so our homie i felt like i wanted to add a number to that our homie 120 our homie like 360 our homie like <laughs> what the fuck i don't know <laughs> i don't know none of that makes sense i wanted to add something that rhymes or like do something cool but anyway want to be a lyricist just, i know just i know sorry our homie from the black baddie brigade the bad bitch brigade money money our friend <laughs> our friend money is here to hang out with us hey money money hey. back money back money back hey. the big bitch of the baddie brigade there we go yes. there we go there we go so money is a ratchet feminist and a doctoral candidate in family therapy at syracuse university her work clinically politically and academically focuses on queer and trans women in communities of marginalized racial identities she is the creator and co-host of queer walk the podcast thank you money for joining thanks us thanks so much for being here oh my god stop it y'all already know i love y'all so much <laughs> money hmm what kind of tea you drinking over there i'm sipping on good old water so <laughs> okay all right that's nature's fine. tea <laughs> I support that. <laughs> Queen, what are you drinking? I am drinking ginger tea. Yes. Jay, what kind of tea are you drinking? I am also drinking ginger tea, but mine is lemon ginger. Yeah, so. it would be. Mm -hmm. You would want to be special over there. Delicious. And what are your pronouns? She and her. What are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. Money, what are your pronouns? Uh, I use she, her, hers. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into the shits. I wanted to review this series because... I I watched it. Well, I like watching shit, so I was going to watch it or whatever. And I enjoyed watching a woman of a different size on TV, a woman who identifies mm -hmm. as fat on on like the big screen in the show be about her and her adventures and not like some sad tale of yeah. her fatness and it was just about yeah. like or a like young some, like, woman revenge, navigating life. Like revenge porn kind of right. story. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. And so yeah. as I was watching it, of course there are things that came usually when I watch white women do anything, any series that centers a white woman, <laughs> it's like okay, how white feminist is this going to be yeah. how exclusionary is yeah. this going to be is this going to be a replica of the feminism of girls which are dick and fart jokes a replica of dick and fart jokes right so mm -hmm. is this just going to be about like my pussy and whatever vulgarity i can yeah, make that yeah. about or is this going to be of some substance but it ended up being of substance i feel like it was i'm glad that i watched it yeah i feel better yeah for i didn't watching feel it. violated right by watching it but there all. were also things that made me go mm -hmm. huh you know, yeah. some, some things that I, I thought were, I don't know if I want to use the word problematic, but things that I thought were worth discussion and exploration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's why I wanted to review it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to review, well, I'll say how we decided, like, let's review it. I think I text you about the show. I don't even remember how we started talking about it. Somehow, me, me and Jay talk all the time. Anyway, and I was saying how there's things in there that pointed out to me as like hmm i don't know if that was right but yeah. then also because my life experience is not of a big girl just because 
I saw something as not right. Like maybe someone else still related to this. Maybe this was still something special for someone, and I didn't want to like trample something that could have been something special for a, a black woman who is a, bigger. You know, who is yeah. a big girl. Usually, mm-hmm. when I do watch things, I like like live tweeted kind of sorta and say what. If something's wrong, I'm like, this don't make no sense. Da, 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 da. But yeah. I didn't want to do that to this because it could still be something meaningful for like a, a big black girl. Um, so I didn't feel right being on my soapbox mm-hmm. <laughs> in that instance or whatever. So I think when we had that conversation, um, and then talking to my best friend about it too, who is a big girl, um, when you were like, let's review it. I'm like, yeah, like we should explore these mm-hmm. things. I almost didn't watch it because... I, I all I knew about it is that it was gonna be a show about a big girl who's white, or I see that even that even feels weird to me. A fat girl because to me when I think big girls, I feel like that's really racialized. Like when we say big girls, yeah, like yes. that's mostly black girls that we're talking about. And I was I was I think I'm just so tired of like these fat stories. Like we always get these fat stories through like these, oh, she would just be a regular girl if she wasn't fat. You know, it's like mm-hmm. she she has to be white. She has to be straight. She has to have a bomb ass job. You know, it's mm-hmm. like all these things. And it's like, if, if just she wasn't fat, like she would be your, your girl next door. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wasn't going to watch it. But then I was like, hmm, I'm twisting my hair. Let's see. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, it was all right. Okay. I now have a crush on um Lolly. Adifope, I think her last name is. Oh, the, the actress uh, who plays Fran. 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 Okay. Yes. Okay. So let's. Should we y'all. start? Should we start with Fran, or should we save that? I feel like this is. You know what? Okay, let's get into Annie. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I guess we'll, I guess we'll talk about the, the white, white woman, woman, the main character. <laughs> so Annie is, like we said, she's working at this job where she she is aspiring to write, but is kind of in this menial position. Mm-hmm. She has a black work husband named Amadi, who is, seems like super supportive. Yeah. But I find throughout the show that we don't learn anything, anything about, about Amadi him. except no. that he's um, married to a white woman a white who woman. looks like that's she's 20 we... years older yeah. than him. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. hey, ain't no shame in that. But yeah, that's all that we really learn about his character. As I was watching this, because we know there's like, we know that often they will add black supporting characters, but with no like backstory. So as yeah. I'm watching, I'm looking to see, okay, what do I, what do I get to learn about these characters the in the process? The only time we get to learn something about that particular character is when he's standing next to his white wife. Like that's right, the only time right, we got right. any kind of like, mm-hmm. um, anything yeah. about him. But they seem to have a cool like relationship at work and we can all relate, I guess, to having like that one, hopefully you have at least that one person at work that you fuck yeah. with. Mm-hmm. So that guy's name is Amadi. I was just gonna say, I feel like not learning about him is also is also a dynamic of their relationship. I don't think Annie knows right. shit about Amadi. Cause right. like she don't I don't know how far I was just very upset with their relationship. Cause like she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't ask about him, you know. I feel like she finds out he has kids when she's being so self absorbed and he's like, Yo, I got kids, I gotta go back to work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And she still is talking about herself and he calls her on that. Right. So I feel like we as viewers didn't get to know Amadi because she don't know him. <laughs> so that's her work husband. Another main character of this series is Ryan, right? So Ryan is the guy who she has been fucking. They haven't been in, it hasn't, it's not like it's an not official an exclusive, exclusive relationship. relationship. Right. It seems yeah. to kind of just be like a fuck buddy situation. So in the first episode, she gets, 
bt dub folks uh we are like gonna spoil the fuck out of this so if it's something that you want to watch before we spoil it please go back and watch it if you don't care then stay along for the ride it's it's a review episode it's a review episode (laughs) and if you like don't ever want to watch it that's cool too like you'll still get some shit out of this so Mm -hmm. stay tuned but anyway she gets a text from him she goes she has sex what i do what i do like is that in when it comes to like intimacy or like she doesn't seem to be well there are moments when i guess she is like she does want to leave certain parts of her clothes on or whatever but i like the way that they treat her body the camera i think treats her body uh-huh. like it doesn't it feels like she's a woman with a body and like she's not being double shamed i think by the camera or the way that it's shot you know what i mean like it doesn't feel like it's overly exploitive of her body Mm -hmm. but it also Mm -hmm. is like this is the body of like a woman yeah do you you understand what i'm saying yeah yeah Yeah, i understand what you're saying i didn't get that i think i think but i understand i guess i guess what i'm saying in my face it's very it's very what i'm trying to say is that it's very rare to see fat bodies on screen exactly and so they didn't treat it any kind of weird way. It was just like, oh, this is a body. Like, there are fat bodies. And this this thing, it shouldn't... It made me feel like, oh, right. There are different types of bodies. And I never see them on TV. And it yeah. didn't It didn't make it, like, a thing. That's or what I'm trying to say. if we do see it on TV, it's, it's for comedy relief. Like, right. it's not yes. like this is the body yes. existing mm-hmm. we're not like you know usually they make it a thing for comedy relief mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah i feel like fat sex is also often like shot in parts it's like yes. oh we see their feet on the bed so we know they fucking or we see their their heads you know like from the shoulders up and so mm-hmm. like those shots of her whole you know the whole bed like we get to see her actually fucking and we never get to see friend but no never we'll get we'll get to that (laughs) we will get to friend yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so ryan like i said earlier is a complete fucking mediocre white man loser a complete loser so all the dynamics of their relationship in the beginning they're having unprotected sex because ryan enjoys unprotected sex sex. not necessarily because annie wants to have it but she does it and then every time they have sex she takes a morning Morning after after pill um so Yeah. yeah so that's disturbing and he has her leave through the back of the house so that his to, roommates don't see her. She leaves mm-hmm. through the back and she has to climb over a, a right. gate. Right. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. she learns that she is pregnant, she talks to Fran and is explained to Fran that, you know, she just liked that she was being liked yeah. by somebody and she didn't really want to challenge it. And I think throughout the series, different things happen in which she finds her confidence. But I think what bothers me most about this whole thing is that Ryan is in this whole fucking series and we spend mad time with this mediocre white man when he proves every episode that he's garbage. And Mm -hmm. it bothers me for a number of reasons. For me, it's just, it's just, he's just whack. Yeah. He's whack. There's other men in this town and it's like, he's just whack. Yeah. There's nothing. He's washed. He looks like he smells. He doesn't have a job. He like to kind of like what you said about her. Like if she, if 
if she the reasons why you said you thought she wasn't gonna watch is because if she wasn't fat she would be the girl next door she would be perfect or whatever like she has a lot of great shit going on with her why the fuck is she fucking with this fucker right because she's fat right that's supposed supposed to be the thing it's like she's normal with the exception that she's fat mm -hmm. you know and it's like we get the that's the story all the time and it's so fucking annoying like do you feel like the show explores because I feel like they try to juxtapose Annie's self-identity with self-identity of other fat women who feel more positively about themselves and who don't settle in the, in the ways. That's just what it seemed like they were trying to do. Do you feel like the show accomplishes that juxtaposition? Of, no. No. Okay. What I think they end up doing, because uh, like, all right. So there's there's like so many conversations wrapped into one because I think... They're trying to focus on like body image, but still in this way of like desirability. And so a lot of it is around dating and they they end up like paralleling Fran, who is her black best friend, roommate, um, queer woman. They end up paralleling her body acceptance or like where she is with being a big girl with Annie, who's like the the angsty, anxious, um, self-conscious fat girl who's straight, right? And what that what that feel like it did to me was it made it seem like there's no fat phobia that queer women have to deal with. Or like it presents it as if is it, you on, this is only a desirability issue if you date men. And I know that's mm-hmm. not the case because yeah. I'm because I'm a big bitch who dates women and it's mm-hmm. very much so an issue, you know? Like yeah. I was thinking the whole time, I was like, I literally had a, a girl tell me that she wouldn't date me because she wants to date bitches who look good on her Instagram. And I'm like, bitch, have you seen my Instagram? Like, like, <laughs> nah, because like, like, bitch, has she yeah. seen your Instagram? Like, really not. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so instead of it become, instead of, because they they limited it to this like, like dating desirability like space it feel it feels like it did that and we didn't get we didn't get to find out how fran feels about being a big girl we didn't ever even talk about not at all you know not at all she got she got all these bomb ass outfits and annie you know annie annie instead follows this like fat white woman down the street um, and it's exactly. supposed to be like inspired, yes. <laughs> inspired by, by her fashion and her confidence. And I'm like, bitch, you got a whole ass roommate who's bomb as fuck. I want every yeah, romper right. she had on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I need them to post links to her, yeah. to her whole wardrobe, you know, and and her her style, her confidence is not read to Annie as something that she has had to work towards as a big girl. I think that 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 whole friend that that is what bothered me about Fran's whole character and her whole personhood I didn't read it through a queer lens I read Mm -hmm. it more as because and and I guess it could go for both because I feel like because Annie is a a black woman it's assumed like we don't even ask her if she had to deal with any fat phobia or or what her experience or how she feels about her body fran is black and black women are confident right or fran is black and black women be thick anyway and so it's not an issue they be unbothered by everything yeah Yeah. and that's it and so she ends up being i guess we're just supposed to assume that she's just a sassy black girl and she's fine because black women are 
are always fine because yeah. we don't have body image we don't talk about these things yeah it felt as as we were as i was watching it i was like all right well this is just episode one maybe i'll learn more about how fran exactly. feels about her body lately exactly. okay it's episode two it's episode three yeah the whole series we talk nothing yeah. about her body i learned yeah. that i learned that she's queer i learned that she's like a little bit no nonsense i learned that they're best friends right. i learned a few things about her personality but never yeah. this whole show is it's so about much about body and we never living. talk about yeah. fran's body who's not just a passing roommate that's her best friend that's her best they are friend. college friends they're yes. each friends. other family yes and, and we yes. don't have a conversation about her about, also being yeah. a big girl right right like so y'all that, went to this whole fat girl pool party mm-hmm. and we and, don't and, have a conversation yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no conversation between them two yeah, about ever fatness. and that's not even friendship that's yeah. really like that that made me incredibly uncomfortable especially as somebody watching to see what they're going to do with the black character are they going to mm-hmm. have dimension okay they give her dimension but then they deny her humanity and not talking about this thing that the yeah. whole that is show, the show is, is about. centered on not yeah. to mention that and that brings me back to ryan as a mediocre white man right so ryan he's a loser and he gets pregnant and um decides she tries to tell ryan but when she texts him and says she has something serious to say he's sending back like jokey emojis yeah so she talks to fran she decides to have an abortion fran is there for her because that's her best friend even though they don't, they don't talk about fran's size or what she and thinks about it or whatever black people do all of her emotional work labor all of it. Like, throughout the whole series yeah mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. from top not even just like people of color and marginalized people because if you go later on when she when she goes to the ship club like everywhere that she finds empowerment or um like emotional people who do the emotional labor is somebody who is in the margin right. yeah like yeah. always mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really annoying. Yeah. And so um, when she finally tells Ryan, so the the abortion, which we know is a life, can be for many women a life-changing experience. Mm-hmm. The abortion in this series gives her, it's like all these things happen to her that boost her, change her a little yeah. bit and boost her confidence mm-hmm. in some way. So it ends up being a little bit of a, a reality check and a confidence booster for Annie. And so Annie goes to Ryan's house, tells her that she was pregnant, had an abortion, and that she's breaking up with him is over she kind of has a realization as to how she's been treated and that she needs to get rid of him and have him out of her life Mm -hmm. the whole rest of the series he is you know after he sees that display of confidence then he wants to be with her and she kind of wants to be with him because she likes him and then he does something really terrible and then she breaks up with him and then he comes back and he wants to be with her and it's this whole thing the whole series and that's what bothers me the most is that she never fully comes to this realization it seems like she acknowledges that like okay i'm a bad bitch like i don't need to deal with this yada 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 but she gives this white man so much space but also the writers and the series give, give him, him so, so much, much space yeah. there's he a whole he has he has so much more screen yeah. time alone yeah. than fran, fran does yeah. yeah fran is her best friend and this loser yeah. jerk right. white guy who she shouldn't even yeah. be with gets scenes mm-hmm. by himself Self. there's a yeah. whole scene where he comes to babysit her the dog. dog that's a whole episode it's yeah. a whole episode yeah. because people are supposed to find so much joy and delight and humor yeah. in white men and white yeah, characters exactly. that whole scene is about nothing i don't know if it was mm-hmm. make, supposed to make us feel it's what that's like episode four or five we didn't yeah. need it i don't yeah. know if it's supposed to make us make it humanize him mm-hmm. or make us feel like oh he's so quirky and funny yeah and wouldn't you like, like a quirky boyfriend to, like him like what it's the supposed fuck? to give us something to love about him it didn't and keep us keep us in this like mind frame of 
her being, oh, like this is why she's into him. And so it to me, it just it just reinforced like this is about her being with someone, right? Yeah. So it's like the, it's all about male gaze. Yeah. As far as, like when it comes to male gaze and how men feel about fat. <laughs> like that's how I saw it and, but then it's like there's a lot of like when it comes to um, her boss Gabe like she spends a lot of time with white men or like yeah. she spends a, the, the stories and I yeah. guess that maybe that's just what white women do is that they spend all of that time yeah. with exploring all of this shit with white men where there's like other people mm-hmm. that they could be doing these things yes. with there are other characters throughout this whole series that we mm-hmm. can be getting to know mm-hmm deeper than we got to know Gabe yeah. who is a white boss who is problematic as hell and yeah. this other white man like yeah. so mm-hmm. much attention is focused on these these white men yeah um, like even even her troll he yes. has this yeah. another white man. moment yeah, yeah another, like, well, how does he get another a white dude like how does he get a moment of being like this is how I came to be who I am and your mm-hmm. best friend we never get that from her exactly ever ever, ever. And I felt like the whole time I was watching, it felt like I was watching like a manifesto of the 53%. Like I felt like if Ryan told her to vote for Trump, she would have done it. I felt like if her boss was like, listen, I need everybody in here to vote for Trump. She would have fucking done it. Like it was, it was that whole like, okay, this is who you are, but it's still, you're you're this cool, liberal, you know, quirky Mm -hmm. feminist. Like in the whole, their, their apartment, her and friends house has all this like, you know, feminist, womanist or Mm -hmm. allegedly intersectional feminist art around Mm -hmm. here and there. So we're supposed to get that vibe from her. Meanwhile, you're letting these these white white men around you take up so much space and dictate so much around you. And, it felt like again it felt like they could say hey i need you to vote for trump just like i heard so many stories because i was working at that time i heard so many stories from white women co-workers who were like no my friends said that their husbands told them to vote for trump and like all of this fucking foolishness in addition to the personal offense that i feel at whatever the fuck was going on in the writer's room or the editor's room that allowed for Mm -hmm. that much space that much airtime screen so time much. for white men to tell this story that's supposed to be about this woman that comes into exactly. her own and finds herself and yeah. for whom the friendships that she had with the people of color around her were should have been important they weren't they weren't treated with that with care it's insane that I didn't even think about it while I was watching it, but it's just insane that this character who we only meet at the very end of the series, the fucking troll, gets a monologue and gets mm-hmm. to express all of this shit. And then like I, like you said earlier, Money, like I don't even know Fran's story when it comes to her relationship with fatness, but I get to hear this troll-ass, white-ass motherfucking yeah. story at yeah. the very end of the series. And it's like... You, you weren't even you, you yeah. we don't even know you're like you're an extra. Like, you know, like you're not even like a a, a, a intricate cast member of this show and you get to like have a a, a monologue? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. no. No, that's not that's not what it's supposed to be. And it also it felt it felt like a very unrealistic uh fat moment. Like mm. like nobody <laughs> is gonna explain to you just like that um, you know, exercise workout girl who called her a fat bitch like that's that's what you're gonna get from people like you're not gonna get the i'm being so nasty towards you because i was fat when i was younger and i hated myself and you're walking around confident nobody's gonna tell you that 
Like right. <laughs> that maybe, maybe, I don't know. If you walk around normal except fat, like this white girl, you know, it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, there there was a story about a woman, I I want to say that she was a gamer and she had, you know, those those gamer guys, like they go full troll yeah. on women gamers. So yeah. there was this white woman gamer. I don't know if this was actually Gamergate or if it was some other shit, but she got a really bad troll and he trolled her so much that he was sending her i want to say that he someone had her dad had passed away and they had either hacked like her dad's email and were sending her horrible messages from his email or something like that where they intertwine her dad but anyway at some point he either hears her talking about it or they have some sort of exchange through writing and he like tries to apologize and like ends up like going on this whole apology spree and like you know confessing to her like why he behaved this way and did all these things so when i saw that scene i felt like they were borrowing from that story and forgive me if i'm anyone listening who knows the details of that maybe i'm probably blending like a few different incidents together but that's what it reminded me reminded me of so i I have heard of that kind of thing happening with people who are harassing you online who really kind of something about you scares them i have a weirdo fucking stalker kind of right now (laughs) and that that's kind of what it's like a i'm laughing because i'm uncomfortable it's 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 uncomfortable no i know i just wanted Um, to make that yeah yeah and this person is it's clearly like a love hate situation kind of thing mm-hmm. and so i could see like the dialogue that he the monologue that he does i could see that being a thing i don't know if it would happen in that way and i hear what you're saying i don't know if it would be afforded to a fat girl in person like i i don't know mm-hmm. you know because yeah. a lot of what i've heard of has been like online and yada 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 so maybe they just did it like in person for the story but yeah stalkers are whack and fucking weird and the internet yeah. is terrible when it's not being fun yeah do we feel any way about her parents i don't know it's so weird like i was thinking about how they always try to place like the the whatever ism that we're supposed to pass down on the mother like yeah. I was thinking, I, it actually uh-huh. made me think about that awful movie with Sanaa Lathan about her hair. What was yeah. that called? Napoli ever after. Ever after. Yeah, it's like her mom is the discipliner in that movie about like her straight hair, and it's the same when it comes to weight. Like it has to be your mom who's the the enforcer around. See, you just need to exercise and you just got to eat right. And I bought these meal preps for you so that you don't even have to cook. You know, it's like. They always place that on the mom. And I'm like, maybe it's because of like my own experiences with like, I've always been a big girl. And it's just like, no, men do that shit too. And that, and I never see that anywhere. It's just like, oh, this thing that women decided to do to one another. Like, no, no, this is, this has a lot to do. You know, like I I remember my father for the little bit that he was involved in my life, like saying things to me, like, if, if you lost them 10 pounds, I would get you whatever I was asking for. You know, like mm-hmm. so it, it could yeah. have it could have nothing to do with me fitting anything. Like I could be asking for, a, I don't know, like a Game Boy or something. He'd yeah. be like, give me them 10 pounds. You can have that Game Boy, you know? Like for me, the dad, I don't know. It just came off as if he felt, of course he loves his daughter, but it was almost as if he felt sorry for her in a way. Or like maybe sorry for the way he knows the world treats her. So he... um 
or maybe because the how overbearing and controlling the mother was that he had to be like I guess softer with her and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't notice that, but then it also made me think of how since the show is so based on like male gaze in terms of fatness, like this is the only time she is going to like feel like this unconditional love and people like a, mm. a man accepting her as a, a whole fucking person, regardless of her being fat, you know, like that type of thing. And it's like, this is the only, is this the only time I'm going to see this happen for her? Um, which is like, in my experience, not, not my experience, but I have, I, I have seen fat women be adored and loved. If we're going to talk about it in the male gaze way, right. adored and loved and all of that stuff outside of the family structure. And it's, I know this is only the first season of the show and maybe they can go further and do more later on, but like just to only see her receive that in a familiar setting from a man is, it's, 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 Mm, like but it's, it's, it's kind of whack and played i think she didn't only get it from her dad but she only recognized it from her dad yes yes exactly yes you're right yep because i think that fran's brother like that whole episode with him um i don't remember his name in the show because again he was only in one episode yeah and but i think d- that's because he's a black man and we see fat different but, you know what i mean right but yeah money what was your point that he that felt like a love that wasn't familial but mm-hmm. it just wasn't recognized it wasn't picked up it wasn't sustained but he he thought she was fine he was out here making playlists for her you know yeah. like has apparently oh, okay, had this, get it. Yeah. this mm-hmm. long drawn out crush on her but that wasn't recognized but yeah it was definitely there it's like yeah mm-hmm. and and even in comparison to to whack ass ryan you know it's like other men can love you obviously but I guess it doesn't register because he's black. I'm like I don't I don't know. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. That's how I saw it because I don't I knew he liked her. It was just things that was just like oh that that seems like someone who likes someone. So when she was like oh I had no idea, it was just like how did you not pick that up? You know. Um, but I just assumed it was one because he was black, and then I also assumed maybe because that was her best friend's brother so she just was not even gonna like tune into that because that is another like another like weird kind of space to be in if you're like fucking your um your best friend's brother it's like you know like that's i've done that it's weird it's weird you know but she was all ready to talk about it with fran because she don't give a fuck about fran's feelings (laughs) 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 that is true that is bad true interesting and speaking of black people um giving her confidence and people around her being supportive of her after their intimacy that was another thing that gave her like a confidence boost we see her go in the kitchen she's not eating her her low-fat cardboard diet meal (laughs) she goes in and she eats that spaghetti and there's this whole like scene of her enjoying the spaghetti in the kitchen and Mm -hmm. to me it was supposed to read as like confidence like the confidence to now be in the kitchen eating carbs and shit late at night or whatever after sucking the soul of another black person in the series (laughs) Right, right. Like, damn, that yeah. is a lot of souls she sucked. Yeah, but I did, I did. Um, uh, aside from all the soul sucking, not just literally, but that's not how she did it literally. Aside from all the soul sucking, I did enjoy their dynamic. Like, if it wasn't inside of this show where all the black people are there to serve Annie, it it would have been cute. I, <laughs> I did think that it was it was pretty cute. Money, 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 money. 
<laughs> Money! Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like... Giving black women year. your money. Yes, give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh, yes. Yes. We do this dope-ass Women is Race Nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. Every week. Sometimes and, twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website, tvspeenandj.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm-hmm. And we have two options there. So two! Can, two! You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> all the time. Yes. Did you all hear about the controversy over the pool party scene? Yeah, I heard a little. So the pool party scene in episode four, Annie is, she's mm-hmm. done her first writing assignment. She's now had a second writing assignment where she goes to different events and um, is reporting back on how fun they were or not or whatever. And she goes to this pool party that centers fat girls and they are every she gets there and it's like a fucking fantasy like everyone is in gorgeous bathing suits there uh, are women in bikinis like size is not an issue there is it's shot there seems to be no body self-consciousness everyone is comfortable people are laughing and drinking and everybody looks like fucking bomb and dope so there's that whole like it seems like a like a fantasy type scene and there is an an activist writer who people she had she wrote a book let me actually bring up this person's name sorry money did you hear about this no, I didn't. Okay, I'm gonna pull it up right now. But I know that there is like a an annual fat girl pool party that mm-hmm. happens, and I was like, oh, I wonder why they didn't get like S.C. Golden to like be in this episode or mm-hmm. whatever. But mm-hmm. I was gonna say though, um, before uh, you went deeper into that, this scene, it was just like. I think there's a lot of things in this show that it's just like you don't know when you're a big bitch, right? And and this scene kind of like underscored that again for me because okay. i think the the first time i felt that was like with the pill you know like being on birth control you don't know that it's designed it's not designed for big girls like you have yeah. to be on you a special the, yeah yeah you have to get special birth control for it to be effective you have to get a different type of plan b for it to be effective and it, nobody it's, tells it's you that yeah it's not yeah. over the like, counter it has yeah. to be a prescription one mm. um, it's the same thing over a certain bmi yeah it's the same thing for finding clothes and i just kept thinking that in this scene is like yeah everybody looks cute as fuck but is anybody gonna make mention about how hard it was for them to find a bathing suit no mm, nobody yeah. 
Is, yeah. is anybody gonna say, "Oh, bitch, where you got that from?" No, you no. know, you know what's funny though, because mm-hmm. it would have been because I was talking to uh, my best friend about it, who who has we've been friends since we was kids, always been a, a fat girl, and she's okay with the word fat. And I remember texting her, and I was like talking about Annie, like she's always wearing a dress, like why she's always wearing a dress, and she's like dresses are easy, like and that's something I, I wasn't, I, exactly. I didn't even think about, and I was like, oh, shit. as a you know, as a fat yeah. girl, it's like you find your lane. This is and mm-hmm. you stick to it. You stick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's why mm-hmm. when it's like when you don't do that, when you like switch it up or you wear different stuff, like Fran does. Yeah, it's, it's not just because she's black, you know. It's like <laughs> how is she? How is she dressing her bigger body? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I caught that right off. I'm like, okay, she doing you know the big girl easy thing. You know, it's like okay, I know this dress gonna fit, so I'm gonna just throw it on, mm-hmm. whether it's flattering or not. <laughs> or not yeah so Virgie Tovar who is a writer and activist and has been talking about body image for a long time she wrote a book her book Flawless which came out in August 2018 and then she also gave a TED talk on the same subject and she describes to me as like a complete outsider to this whole thing I had never heard of the um these like pool parties that center larger women but now I'm aware that like they happen and they're pretty frequent but yeah so she wrote this kind of scene in her book flawless and then she gave a ted talk that also kind of like she gave a ted talk in which she explains this same kind of um scene in in the way in which they depicted it in shrill in that episode in Mm -hmm. shrill so when i watched that portion of the ted talk i'm like yo they totally like jacked this from her but when i uh Ijeoma Aluo who is a friend of Sam Irby who is the only black, black writer, writer of yeah. uh she wrote that episode and is the only black writer it's the only episode that was written by a black woman is that mm. one with the pool party so she points mm. out that pool parties censoring fat women have been going on like before this and so it would not be strange for two different people to explain this similar kind of event experience and when i watched it as a black woman oftentimes i imagine these like euphoric utopian like black spaces so when i saw this when i saw this party depicted in this scene in this way as a fantasy it looked like the ways in which i would describe like some type of like black girl utopia you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. as as a person who is marginalized for being a black woman who's who's criminalized for their blackness or whatever i saw it as this is how i would describe something that was for black girls so i could see multiple types of marginalized people through different intersections describing their fantasy utopia in this, this similar way. way. Yeah. So what you were saying is that you didn't know these pool parties happened before? Is that why no, you thought I didn't. it was ripped off of the pool the um TED Yeah, talk? so when right, so when Virgie Tovar when I first learned of her having written this book and having mentioned or described and talked about a fantasy like pool party like this in this way when I first heard of it I was like oh yeah obviously this is like totally ripped off like who else would is this like Tovar person white? I don't think no she's she's not white she's she's a woman of color she's a woman of color as well Um, I'm I'm not sure I I am assuming Latinx but I'm not positive Mm. Um, I know for myself when I heard of this pool party controversy stuff 
that because I knew that the one episode that was being singled out for being ripped off was one written by a black woman and the only one written by a black woman, that I was def- I was very defensive for the black woman. Like, all these episodes, all of these conversations about fatness that I know that lots of people could have experienced and, like, why would you think this one thing is, like, something only you could have, could have thought of? Or, you know, like, it just didn't make sense for me. For, for me, it was, like, I interpreted it as people picking on a black woman. Like, I didn't even, like, I didn't look into it as far as Jay because it was just, like, no, they picking on this black woman. And it kind of just, like, stopped there for me when it came to the whole pool party thing. Because even when you talk about the experience of of the of and like being snuck out through the back door i'm sure there's fat women who've had that experience or who have expressed that experience Mm -hmm. like we're not saying that's ripped off or like all these other experiences that they use to talk about this fat experience for annie could have could be lots of people's stories so we're just like weird that like this one episode that this black woman wrote is the one that's like you stole this from me and i just i was just like hmm um that's how i Mm -hmm. like i interpreted all of that right yeah, well, I knew about the fat girl pool parties. Um, <laughs> guess because I'm a fat girl, uh, but I it, they they made me think about Essie Golden because she does uh-huh. the Golden Confidence pool party. I think it's every year. That's the one who has the bathing suit line and stuff, right? Um, I'm not sure if she has her own line, but I know uh-huh. she has like model for other folks' lines. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Gotcha. Yeah, and I've I've followed her on Instagram almost as long as I've had an Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so I know about her pool parties. And so I don't know. I guess I just kept thinking, where are the fat the fat girls that we recognize like in that? And I don't know. Maybe I just don't know who that like person is who played the organizer of that event. But I was like, there there are actual organizers of events like this. Like it's not a fantasy place, you know? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. these actually exist and and have been existing. They and have been, yeah. I was just thinking about like the the sneaking out through the back door thing again and you know, because of because of my life and also really wish wishing that friend maybe next season will be friend season. Yeah, but I hope so. Um I, I was also thinking about how much this didn't go into how that happens in queer relationships also and i keep i keep saying queer but like i date women so like in lesbian relationships relationships. yeah i'm saying queer because we never we never know we don't get if if fran is bi if she's pan if she you know like (laughs) we don't know we just know that she she dates women but that it absolutely you know happens and maybe not in those like overt of ways that it happens in relationships with men, but it happens of folks like hiding you, you know, only talking to you on Snapchat. So it disappears like stuff like that happens for fat girls who are queer too. not, not just the straight girls have to sneak out the back door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, I was actually just thinking, damn, I didn't know I was like this um annoyed by Fran not having her own shine, but it just, to me, it was just like, damn, before I get to the stuff I like, I just have to be mad again about how, like, like fat black women are supposed to do this, like, emotional support work and all of this shit. Like, hold your hand through the hard times in your life. Be there whenever you want to rant. But, like, you don't, you're not there. You don't show up for them mm-hmm. in their life, you know? It's like, yeah, that that just annoyed me. But um, <laughs> I really did just like seeing 
fat people live their life. You know, it's like yeah. uh, even not just the the like players, like the main characters in the show, but even in the background, like I was noticing that there's just people who are bigger and I don't see that in, in other shows and in, in even in like black shows, it's like they'll have the one character who's like of size, who's who's supposed to be like funny or the yes, girl, you better do it character, but yeah. d- has has no like life ambitions or like depth or, um you know, like uh, romantic interests of their own. Um, they just everybody best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really, it was really fun to see. It was fresh to like see a character who like wasn't that kind of fat best friend. You know, she like I, you know, I'm dating this girl. I'm I dropped her. She getting on my nerves. I'm with this girl. Oh, she cute. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that was cute. Um, yeah, just like seeing people on screen. It's like oh shit, because when you watch stuff, it, you would just assume that the world, like <laughs> the world, is just. Like people who are size eight and smaller, yeah. Because like you, you look at the screen, even people passing in the background, yeah. and you're like, "Wow, really? I Nobody?" Even, yeah, I never even no. thought about how much we watch television, and it, even when it comes to television, movies, whatever. When it comes to like extras and the people in the background, like they're all like the in quotations at the ideal size. Where we know we live in the United States, where most people are not that size. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. that's not what is reflected in media, or even when it comes to, even if they like, I think it's important what you said that even though this this show is about um this woman and her and you know her fat identity that we also see that they reflect that within the rest of the show because yes we could talk about this and just have her to, at the forefront and have these bodies at the forefront but if we have in the background people still with these ideal in quotation bodies then mm-hmm. are we like really are we like really doing this so yeah that is true i didn't even think about that till you just said that that is dope is there anything else you liked about it um i really like the clothes yeah the like, clothes are dope she had I appreciated that she had a series of clogs in different colors because <laughs> that, that's very real as a big bitch. Because like when you find something cute, you know this is going to sell out. It's not mm-hmm. going to last. So you get it in every color. <laughs> you just like, all right, I'm going to get the blue one, the red one, the green one. <laughs> That's it's just like so real. So I appreciated that. I also, um, I think, like I was talking about a little earlier, I just love what the styling on Fran. I appreciated that her style switched up. I, it, I felt very like affirmed in the big black girl experience of like to me, like with their clothing. It actually reminds me of um, Eric Darnell Pritchard's work about like how fashion is a literacy as well, especially for queer people. And and so it's like where Annie is still in this stage of being comfortable in her body and her size. So she's in the comfort zone, you know, the dresses, Mm -hmm. got to have a loud print, you know, and all that stuff where it seems anyway through her style of dress that Fran has already moved past that and is in a different space when it comes to comfort with her body. Mm -hmm. You know, like she Mm -hmm. shows up with the bright yellow um bathing suit on thighs Mm -hmm. out i was just like yes you you better Mm -hmm. have your thighs out at the pool (laughs) um you know yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) that romper that we first meet her in i'm like oh it's so cute i need it orange one right yes yes i need it 
and the pants she was wearing when her her brother came to visit. It's just I just really like the fashion of the show. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing platforms, and I was just like, yes, take up space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed her a lot. Do we have any feelings? You know, there's this ongoing dialogue about um, Black British actors in the U.S. Do we have any feelings mm-hmm. about her and her brother being from the U.K.? Oh my gosh, that was like so interesting because I was thinking about that the whole time. I was like, like, so they went to college together. They did all the, you know, just picking these pieces up from their conversation. I'm like, so was she, was she like safe because she was British or like, Mm -hmm. was she taken serious because she was a black girl with an accent? It's like, I don't. I didn't, I didn't quite, you know, it's like, I didn't know what to make of that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, okay. Dude. That's interesting. I didn't think about that because I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't think about that. Yeah. I always think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it's not in a negative, like, okay, this is a black British person. Why are they here? Cause we know they're black British people like in the U S yeah. that's not an issue. And, I, and I'm happy and I feel seen, when I see black folks throughout the diaspora, but when it comes to like castings, it's really hard sometimes for me to separate or it's hard for me not to analyze the dynamics of, okay, did they hire this black person and not a black American actor because they wanted the audience to read her as more safe because we know that white America sees that British accent and Mm -hmm. aligns it with whiteness and feels a certain comfort, even though she had her line about, I don't apologize to white people. Like she was clearly unapologetically a black person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that like I think about, but I didn't have any definitive feelings about it. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it is though. Cause like, if we think about it, Fran is supposed to be someone who is like assertive and like maybe kind of bossy or kind of like, like very strong or whatever she feels. Mm. And And she would be ratchet if she was an American black girl. Exactly. Like she does hair out the living room. Yep. Exactly. She, she talks back to white people. Yep. She wears loud colors. She got, you know, she got, uh, jewels in her braids. She, Mm -hmm. she, with the, with the burnt ends on the braids, you know, she would, she would be ratchet if she was an American black girl. Yeah, exactly. But because she's British, she's like, oh, like acceptable in some way. Like, like, mm-hmm. like it's not ratchet because she's British doing it. And, and then it's Americans almost as British if folks. she's not, she can, because she's British and because we are, we allow British people to like tell us what to do in the, in the, in the United States, mm-hmm. she will never be, I think it's kind of a safe way for them to have a black woman in the space who would not be like an angry black woman because she is a a British black person. So it's like softens the blow. So even if she does the things because that accent is coming out of her mouth, it won't be as like mm-hmm. um, angry black women or sassy black women or mammy black women, or like all these other things right. that we tied to black women who are in media in the U S in, in the U S in that way. So because also- now this British accent is coming out, maybe we won't, a, a, like give assign all of those things to her mm-hmm. um that we white that by media mm-hmm. generally does when it comes to black women it mm-hmm. also made me think about how it's like she's allowed to have like more freedom because she's not from america yeah <laughs> um like which which was weird you know because i'm a huge fan of nicole Byer, who's also another fat black girl hey mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and um and she said something on her podcast about like how she can count on one hand, 
the fat black women who have careers in comedy. You know, she's like, mm-hmm. I can count on one hand or have careers in like media. And so I think it's like, it's like interesting that we have actresses like that um, who don't have British a- accents. It just, yeah, it just makes it feel like she's allowed to be like freer or has somehow sorted out her shit more because she's not from the U.S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like even you, we only get it in this, in these like small moments because we don't, we don't dive deep into her um, as a black queer woman in this show. But um, when like Annie was talking about calling the police because the dog ate the shroom pills and she's like do you want to get me deported you know and it's like well well then there's more then there's more here you know it's like Mm -hmm. is she really allowed to be freer as this you know british black woman in the u.s you know it's like like what is what is she dealing with as far as like citizenship and immigration and how that how that connects to her being queer and being fat and all these things like we don't ever get there it's just like oh yeah she british so this is like acceptable i will say that one of the things i like since like we're kind of doing things we like right now i did i did like the way that the abortion was handled so it wasn't like this huge traumatic thing where it was like um for her, like her life kind of spiraling out of control or something like that, mm-hmm. or as if it was like this heart, like this hard decision that she had to like come to this realization for it was like a very kind of like quick decision, got done and then like moved on. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't even like a huge. It was a part of that episode, but it wasn't like a huge part of like her story. Um, which I think is important because a lot of times when it comes to the depiction of of abortions in media, it's, it's as if it's this. It's um, a tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's yeah. this hard decision. Mm-hmm. It's this this thing. And, 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 and that is the case for some people, but that's not the case for all people who yeah. have abortions. Like I know that like for myself personally, like it was, it was that like what I don't want this and then dealt with and then like just went on with my with my life so I do appreciate seeing that and we don't see that a lot when it comes to um abortion on screen like at all like there was no there was there was not not even tears which I appreciated not tying tears um to that because I've, I've mm-hmm. seen that story yeah like, and she didn't she didn't come off as if she wasn't like sad about the experience yeah but yeah there wasn't like a like a dramatic yeah tearful, like, like like oh moment. my god you know like it was mm-hmm. it was it's it, it was it was an experience right. um but for me it, it didn't translate as like my life is over like look what mm-hmm. the fuck I did and did it and all of these things and i think it was important that her friend kind of helped her with that but letting her know that this is not something she did alone and i think that's another thing that a lot of the narrative when it comes to abortion is that you you did this you could have there's things you could have been doing and now now you're here at this clinic because you weren't doing things and it's like no it's two people involved (laughs) this is this is something that you two kind of like you know did so i did appreciate that when it came to the whole abortion um thing in that earlier episode of the series so yeah yeah Yeah. would you ever take a pregnancy test um in the bathroom of your local (laughs) walgreens i've taken a pregnancy test in a bathroom at work and a bathroom at um school if if i'll just do it all right well never never mind then because i was watching and she takes the pregnancy test in the walgreens for lack of a better you know term whatever the Mm. the convenience what what would you was a grocery store drugstore whatever Um, i think it was a pharmacy yes (laughs) 
A pharmacy. I'm taking a pregnancy test. It's like I have it in my hand. I need to know now. Right. I need okay. To know right now. Got it. Got um, it, got and it, have got it. it. So okay, yeah. well, never mind then, because I was watching. I like this looks like an uncomfortable hot mess, but yeah, yeah but I guess um, yeah, okay. Wait to get home. I need to know fucking now. Uh-huh. What the fuck? Uh-huh. I do like. Also, I thank you for saying this. I remember buying a pregnancy test once, and I don't remember if we see when she buys it. I'm I don't remember that, but I remember buying a pregnancy test, and when I was buying it, the person wrapped it up like in newspaper and then put it in the bag and like mm-hmm. all of this shit, and it was just like. Just give me the fucking test. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. this, for me, it is not, I get that it could be that for lots of people. So maybe yeah. that's why they covered it. But this woman covered it in like mad newspaper. And it was just like, like, it's, it's just give me the test. Yeah. I don't know. For me, for me, it just was not like a big thing. So I think that her peeing on the stick in the bathroom just it kind of like makes it like not so like a, this huge isolated experience that women have to have when they are think they're pregnant or scared about being pregnant or, or or even if they're not scared about being pregnant like it doesn't have to be this huge isolated thing like i could come out and be like i think something's wrong with this test <laughs> like yeah. it's i think it should be that fine and common for a woman to be able to do that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it shouldn't be like this isolated thing where it's like it's like there's so much secrecy yeah involved yeah. with that process i really liked the opening scene of the first episode mm-hmm. where she's just minding her fucking business, going to pick up co- a coffee at her local fucking coffee shop or yeah. on the way to work or whatever. And in the simple act of like going to get a coffee, she encounters all of this negative language and imagery surrounding her body, yeah. which really should have just been about her going to get a coffee. coffee. So mm-hmm. she goes to get a coffee in the in the coffee shop. There's this bulletin board, and you know how they have those sheets where if you want to take a yoga class or do this, that, or whatever, and you can pick one off the board. So she's standing there, and the woman actually who's on the board and does whatever fitness class is there, and she's like, "Ooh, I can help you. Don't hesitate." Why you hovering around language? Why you hovering around your advertisement? That Go the fuck away. That was creepy. because <laughs> fat shaming needs to happen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So they have this really toxic exchange where she talks to her like it should be assumed that she wants to lose weight. And she's like, you can do it. I can totally help you. And there's a skinny person inside waiting to get out. All this really harmful language about her body from this stranger. She's really just in a coffee Mm -hmm. shop to get coffee. And then she turns around and the barista and another person in line have seen this interaction. They're like, oh, my God, that was horrible. Are you okay?" And she's like, yeah. And she makes a funny joke. And someone's like, oh, my gosh, you're so funny. You remind me of Rosie O'Donnell. And they're they're <laughs> yeah. in, in what's supposed to be like a pleasant moment where she's seen by other people. She is, again, being degraded yeah. or diminished and or and, and likened to other funny fat women. Yeah, it, it, it's such this this. Something that should have been so quick and simple as going to get a coffee. It reminded me of when I tried to do anything. And, and, and again, that's not to diminish the experience that fat women have, especially black fat, fat women, women have. Yeah. Because I have these experiences as a light-skinned black woman where I'm just trying to do something regular and I encounter racism. I'm trying to buy a coffee. I'm shopping for something. I'm looking at simple everyday tasks that turn mm-hmm. into some sort of racist exchange. I feel like I have one of those every month. I feel like if I have the energy 
energy i am writing a fucking email to a company about some racist yeah. shit that happened in a store near my house or whatever the fuck like it's a regular occurrence and so i really related to that experience of like i'm just trying to do this really normal thing and i'm having there's this attack on like my personhood right now there's this attack on the way that i'm presenting to the world and in in situations like that it's double for black women who present in all these different exactly. types of ways am i dark yeah. skin am yeah. i fat am i disabled am i all these things that society says are not okay and the society decides are less than human and the door is open for me to comment on how you look or to judge mm-hmm. you or to treat you a certain way or whatever so i thought it was really good that they did it in a way that seems like does this shit really happen this seems like an exaggeration and yeah. like that type of shit back to back is not an exaggeration like nope, that type yeah. of like onslaught on your personhood it it goes down like that so i thought that that was really cool even though it was fucking sad to watch yeah and it happens at work too like yes i appreciated that you know like bosses inviting you to go like climbing or hiking or like jogging with them or making it a Um, part of the like yeah he was trying to make it part of the work culture as far as like doing all Mm -hmm. this this activity which is is you know it's it's not just like about like being bigger or fat like it's also very ableist to assume that like somebody somebody can do these things right yeah but i definitely have experienced that of like this heavy suggestions of of things you know like oh we should do like these physical activities together like that should be really fun or you just trying to eat your lunch at work and and your your lunch is a, a conversation for everybody else about like what you're eating. Yeah. That's that has happened to me so much at work. Like you you pull out your food and it's like, oh Brussels sprouts. Yes, I love Brussels sprouts. You got a problem with that? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, so you, you do think? eat vegetables. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. Or did you know it's not it's not actually meat that like adds weight it's the sugar you know so it's like i if i'm if i'm like eating something that doesn't have meat in it it's just like assume that i'm doing that because i'm fat and i'm trying to lose weight Mm. and and this is on top of you know the the microaggressions that i have as a black woman as a queer woman you know it's just like wow like it's it always has to come up and 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 so overtly too but also in like the small ways I just really want a season two that centers Fran and maybe we can just like go back and forth with them being main characters. Because I just, I don't know. I just like, I really resonated with that. Like, um, I think a lot of times with like being a big girl who's black, like either it's like, I don't know. I think either people like don't know how to talk about it. And so like, it doesn't, it doesn't get talked about that you're the big girl, even though, you know, you are the big girl, but especially, oh my gosh, there's like so many jumbled thoughts in my head, but especially if you're not vocal about being insecure about something that everybody else thinks you're supposed to be insecure about, Uh um, you're like, no, actually I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger girl, but i still know I'm bad as fuck. And like mm-hmm. people don't people don't know what to do with that, but it's mm-hmm. like you know that they know that you a big girl, so it's like why mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, it's like okay, I know, like I was, I'm, I'm, the, like I said, I, I'm the big bitch in the baddie brigade, you know. But it's like that that it isn't a conversation, so it's like people don't know like what to do with fatness, like mm-hmm. and, and weight and and 
like that hasn't yet become okay to talk about. I think we talk about bodies in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, or like fatness is, is something that you fix. So it's like, oh, of course we're not going to yeah. talk about it because mm-hmm. like you're on a journey to like not be fat anymore. So like, why would we, you know, why would we talk about that? I feel like uh, a lot of conversations with fatness, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, like reminds me of like kind of like the, the like the bootstraps conversation where it's like if you work harder and if you do mm-hmm. this and if you do that, then you will be fine. Mm-hmm. And b- the reason why you're not fine is because you don't want to be, you know, like this is your mm-hmm. fault. Mm-hmm. You did this to yourself. So why should I care about something that you did to yourself? Yeah. Which, Which is, is exactly what her boss said to her. Right. Like yeah. mm-hmm. he was like, I was born gay. You're choosing to be this way. Which is like a weird moment in the writing but also in like being a fat gay person watching it's like oh Mm -hmm. cool Mm -hmm. so like i mean i know that as a gay person is like there's fat phobia in queer communities immensely too Mm -hmm. and just and just like if you're if you're queer you're not supposed to be fat you know so it's like i i had that moment too of like oh my gosh like even the the quote-unquote like liberal and it was kind of annoying that they made it like a white gay guy because this Mm. is not this is not just like a sentiment held by white gay guys Mm. like i said i've experienced it in my my dating life so it's like yes that where where all of those things intersect it just I don't know. Like Nikita said this thing to me once that just totally makes sense. She's like, when you, when you're in all the margins, you end up slipping through all the cracks. And like, Mm -hmm. that's how I felt in, in hearing that, that line. And a lot of times, but it's just like, yes, where sexuality intersects with like size ism, I guess (laughs) intersects with racism, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm right there. And so what does it mean to be a part of a community where the face is queer white men as a black lesbian who's fat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, and you know, other baddie brigade tings. um, Mm -hmm. I was listening to inner whole uprising. They had like a, like a fat, a fat femme round table. And then they had like a fat masculine um, round Mm -hmm. table. Yeah. And so I can't remember which episode it was on, but um, I think Rodeca had said something about there being like an ideal fat body. Um, And I I was like in my house clapping and applauding when um, they said that because it's so true. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's a way of like, if your body is still shaped, like, uh, mm. Fashion Nova, you know, right, <laughs> like, right. yeah, like, like if the fat is in the sexy parts, tiny right. waist, tiny ankle, exactly, tiny wrist, exactly. Yeah. If you're if you're literally just a bigger person, like if somebody put a picture of a skinny bitch in paint and then like stretched it out, you know, mm. you don't you don't have no rolls, nothing like that's like an ideal fat body. And so, also something I really appreciated about this show is like. The main characters, anyway, um, didn't have these like yeah. ideal mm-hmm. fat bodies, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they they had belly fat, they had rolls, they you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. they had the jiggle, the thighs that rub together, all the struggles, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like yes, <laughs> I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember when Annie was was? It sounded like she was trying to imply to. Friend, that friend was a womanizer. Oh, when she when she said that she's just like Ryan, kind of, yeah. yeah. Oh what no, the fuck she was t- that about. She told her that she was like, "You're basically Ryan." 
She did. Yes. And I wanted she to did. fight her in that moment. Because mm-hmm. first of all, again, there's no acknowledgement of race, right? So so up until the pool party, all we see Fran date is these horrible ass white women. Yep. Which mm-hmm. and who are all also skinny, which mm-hmm. I can relate to <laughs> living in right. A dating desert like Syracuse, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, in Portland, BT Dub, which is exactly mad white. Mm-hmm. mad white. So it's like if I if I dated white women, like that would that would be the struggle, right? And and there's a reason why she's so quick to dismiss them. Like it's not it's not just about her being just like Ryan. It's that she's not tolerating white women's basic fuckery. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. and and that's not being acknowledged in like equating her to this. To this motherfucker, <laughs> I was so mad. Right. I wanted to scream because I'm like, you don't ask her what it's like for her to date as a queer woman, or mm-hmm. what she what she has to negotiate in dating these white women who yeah. come and like pop off on her, you know, at at their every whim whenever mm-hmm. they feel like it. it's like you Stop didn't buy ask for a free haircut, yeah, mm-hmm. who pay mm-hmm. her in things that she can't pay her rent in. That's never a concern for you, but you, you think her dismissing a white woman at the that the very first red flag is an issue, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm yeah. like, what? How dare she? I was mm-hmm. I was very. Yeah. I did not like that at all. Meanwhile, the whole show, we the camera is loving Ryan. We're yeah. seeing Ryan. We're yep. negotiating how a way which we in which we can be with Ryan. It's a it's a hot mess. Mm-hmm. It's a hot yeah. mess. Yeah. And that's how like the we if if this show would have picked it up, it's like, ah, black lesbian, you know. <laughs> it's just like that's the that's the ghost that haunts all this shit that they don't talk about. You know, it's like, there's a reason why, oh, that we, we have to make Ryan this like lovable guy who gets high with a dog um, mm-hmm. for a whole episode. But we don't talk about like what, what Fran has to go, go through dating in this super white ass city as a black yeah. queer woman who's also big, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, we, we can't who's go also there. Big, because- who's also an immigrant. Yeah, mm-hmm. so many, all the, so many pieces. Exactly, exactly. And who also sounds like she's trying to struggle to establish herself in her career. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because she's doing hair in the living room. She's doing hair in the living room. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like her 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 journey, her story is not worth worth any other time because it's a black queer story. That just like was so glaring to me, and also because I am Fran. <laughs> <laughs> Not for real, y'all. The, the, no, but you are. Yeah, you, you, are. you be doing hair in the living room. You are definitely doing hair in the living room. Like right. what? Oh gosh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> well, I would watch this again. I would if season two comes out. Uh, yeah, I would I watch it to watch. see what they did. Yeah. But I will say that my tolerance, like I tried to actually, I tried to watch this season again, just like before we did this. And it was a lot harder to watch the second time around going in, knowing that I'm not going to get any more backstory on Fran. Like it was really irritating the second time around. Mm. So I'm mm-hmm. going to watch the next season. Do we know if it was been renewed already? I don't know. Okay. I'm, if they come out with the next season, I'm going to watch at least the first few episodes just to see if they've grown and if they've done anything different. Cause I felt like the series was worth that. Like I felt like it yeah. had potential. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it will listen and do some, uh, do something different. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm out. I can't do this. Yeah, same that's thing again. I, I will watch the next season on. And I think this is why I am more into TV than I am into like movies is because you do have the opportunity to like grow the characters more or mm-hmm. grow the story more, yeah. get feedback from 
podcasts, blogs, whatever, to see how you can do better, what you need to do better. Yeah. So I hope that they do take whatever information that they're getting from people. Mm-hmm. And that that first season was for me to get to just learn, I guess, Annie's faultiness. Mm-hmm. And then I, when it comes to the other seasons, maybe I could get to know more of the other um, characters more and right. see less of these white yeah. men. Yeah. Yeah. Because she did get called on it. Like, people continue to be like, yo, you mad self-centered right now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch the next season because I'm try- I was just trying to rack my brain for another fat, black, queer girl on TV. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I can't mm-hmm. think of not one off yeah. the top of my head. Um, the closest thing I can even think of is Garnet from Steven Universe. <laughs> <Yeah. Like, laughs> she, you know, she bigger than all the rest of them, but you know, it's like, mm-hmm. damn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely gonna gonna watch the next mm-hmm. season. Dope money. Thank you so much, yo. We truly appreciate yes. you. This is dope. It's always a good mm-hmm. time when we get to podcast together. Thank yes. you so much. Mm-hmm. Tell us where we can find you. And your podcast. Uh, yeah. So y'all can find me on all the things at Melanated Money. That's M-E-L-A-N-A-T-E-D Cha-Ching. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and you can find my podcast uh, that we call Queer Walk the Podcast. Um, so it's self-explanatory. There it is. Um, <laughs> it's Q-U-E-R-W-O-C the podcast and on instagram we are queer walk pod pod and we're the same on twitter you can find us on all the listening platforms except spotify all right (laughs) so fantastic and we will see you at pod and live nyc money we are looking forward yes i'll be there in my big 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 bitch fashions i will be there you know so once again, Money, we thank you so much. So we did a motherfucking show. We did a show. We did a show. We did it. Be sure <laughs> that whatever platform you are listening to us on, you are subscribed to and following us on. Also, be sure to follow us on all the social meds at T with QJ on Twitter and Instagram at T with Queen and J on Facebook. And yes, we are still uh, lurking on Tumblr, even though there's no porn there. Be sure to check out our website, T with Queen and J.com. And you can send us your T-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. Right? We yes, did it. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Hashtag T with QJ. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Say Her Name. Hashtag Stop Killing Trans Women. Hashtag Disability to White. Hashtag Queer Walk Pod. Hashtag Queer Walk. Do you use hashtag Queer Walk Pod money? Uh, we don't, but y'all been oh. saying it. So uh, if, people, if people use it, I mean, we're not opposed. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We just made up a new hashtag and we shit. We really did. Um, okay. Hashtag Queer Walk, hashtag Queer Walk Pod, hashtag Inner Ho Uprising, hashtag Marsha's Plate, hashtag Bag Ladies, hashtag Unpack BG, hashtag Sexually Liberated Woman. Hashtag Spoonie Chat, hashtag 4C Forever, hashtag Black Panther So Lit. Is there a big girl hashtag that I don't know anybody know? Um, I listen to a big girl podcast called Big Girl Slay, um, and it's also by a fat black girl. So You like it? I love it, yeah. It's pretty oh. dope. Yeah. Okay. So hashtag okay. Big Girl Slay. 
This podcast was created, hosted, produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia with editorial support from a black girl named Sam Riddell. And special guest, black girl, Martinique. She about to be a doctor. And she about <laughs> to be a doctor. But aside from that, when we talk about uh, the concern of the environment as an elitist concern, one year ago, I was waitressing in a taco shop in downtown Manhattan. I just got health insurance for the first time a month ago. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. You want to tell people that their concern and their desire for clean air and clean water is elitist? Tell that to the kids in the South Bronx, which are suffering from the highest rates of childhood asthma in the country. Tell that to the families in Flint, whose kids have their blood is ascending in, in lead levels. Their brains are damaged for the rest of their lives. Call them elitist. You're telling them that those kids are trying to get on a plane to Davos? People are dying. They are dying. And the response across the other side of the aisle is to introduce an amendment five minutes before a hearing and a markup. This is serious. This should not be a partisan issue. This is about our constituents and all of our lives. Iowa, Nebraska, broad swaths of the Midwest are drowning right now underwater. Farms, towns that will never be recovered and never come back. And we're here and, and people are more concerned about helping oil companies than helping their own families? I don't think so.